Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No, that it's not plugged in, right? I'm Can you hear it both, both ears? ears? This week, snooze fest at St Mirren, lackluster against Livingston. Only four points out of six means we have to wait for the title, but next up, Neil returns to Hamden to tiptoe to the treble treble. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. 20 Minute Tims, episode 175. I am joined this week by Glasgow's favourite son, Martin Melly. Hello. Turning into somewhat the superstar and... Uh, <laughs> Well, you're just Stephen. Yeah, assistant at times. Uh, yeah. yeah, assistant to, to Glasgow's <laughs> favourite son. And uh, I am Jamie, just uh, just getting the introductions out of the way. How are we doing this week, boys? I've got a confession to make, Melly. Passed up Melly at the match this week, so I did. Yeah, oh, didn't bother listening. Nice. <laughs> I, didn't, was, I, didn't, I didn't expect it was going to be a thriller. I'm a bit bloated today, boys. Why? It's been a tough week. Bit of water retention while the hunt tears I <laughs> Stephen, you were at you were at the Livingston game. I saw you. Yes. Saw you on Celtic TV. Yeah, Melly and I were captured on Celtic TV. I've taken a bit of abuse from my dress since then. I had to say. <laughs> and rightly so. That was official club merch I was wearing. That <laughs> it was. That, that makes it worse. That the money for that that controversial hat I was wearing went straight into the coffers of Celtic <laughs> Football Club, gentlemen. That eight pound is going towards Peter Lowell's bonus. If you don't know what we're talking about, check out Stephen's Twitter feed. He was <laughs> caught wearing a bonnet. <laughs> um, and if you don't know what we're talking about with Melee at the match, we are of course talking about our superb Patreon content. Um, it's out there for anyone who wants to have a little listen. What is Patreon, Stephen, for oh. those who might not know? Well, I'm glad you asked, James. Um, <laughs> Patreon is a, is a subscription service that we offer. If you like what we do every Monday night, there's a there's a way to help support the podcast. You just go to patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims. And there, for an absolutely tiny pledge every month, yes. you can gain access to all manner of extra content, including more than 60 extra podcasts on there, including our famed Melee at the Match series, where yes. we rant about Celtic in, in Melly's car. Yes, immediately the after game. the game. Immediately after. <laughs> and the O'Neill years, which has gone over pretty well since the second episode of that came out recently. Yes. So, um, yeah, as Stephen says, for a small pledge, you get at least two extra podcasts a month, or we have another tier where you get two your two extra podcasts a month, plus a, a unique Friday phone-in. Yeah, that's quite fun as well. Um Melly, you said it, Hun Tears, that has been the theme of the week. I can't remember the last time we beat Rangers, Stephen, and they moaned and bleated and frankly bitched about it for seven days. It's been mortifying to be perfect. <laughs> Some of the stuff that's come out after that game is, it's embarrassing and it has, it has culminated in Scott Brown receiving what Neil Lennon described as, quite rightly described as a trumped up charge. 
What are we calling it then? Not acting in the best interest failure, of football? Yes, failure to act in the best interest of football. Um, to put that in perspective, that is the same charge, one of which that was levelled at Craig White. So, <laughs> so that's the level That's the level you find Scott Brown on. Genuinely embarrassing. I said a few weeks ago on here, after Steve Clark was complaining of being, of being the recipient of sectarian abuse at Ibrox, that Scottish football is a joke. Now, now Scottish football is, has at times had a lot going for it. Just this season, we had Brendan Rodgers at Celtic, Neil Lennon at Hibs. These are all big managers. Steve Clark at Kilmarnock. Lots of good players. Lots of decent football being played. But at its core, at its very heart, Scottish football is an absolute laughingstock. And it deserves to be because this is the way it's run. To throw that completely made-up charge, I'd love to think it was just, how can we get something? How can we get Celtic on something? So they sent someone... Something out of Indiana Jones or Tomb Raider <laughs> into the vaults of the SFA so they can just find Brought this out an old dusty Aye. book. <laughs> Aye. And find this preposterous charge to, to level at Scott Brown. It's a dangerous one to open because where do we draw the line with not acting in the best interests of Scottish no, football? Is, is our TV deal acting in the best interests let, of let Scottish football? Let me ask you football? something though. Is appointing Alex McLeish the best interests? <laughs> yeah, interest? exactly. Let me ask you something. What action incurred the charge? Well, it's hard to say. <laughs> Nobody they knows. Yeah, they haven't really been clear about it. Is it just that he celebrated? Are they? Are we charging Scott Brown based on doing what professional athletes do, celebrating games? Uh, I'm I'm astonished at it. I've, I'm finding it hard to, to to talk about it in you, sensible terms. You know what it is, though, Melly. It's someone at the SFA has watched all this fallout. All the Rangers players get booked, and Stephen Gerrard himself got issued with a one-match ban, which nobody seems to be talking about. Yeah, mm. took it like a bitch as well, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're watching that and they go, oh, we can't let Scott Brown get away with that. There's no way you can get away. You need, to, you, need to, you need to huckle him. You need to get him under control. It just has to be. They get beat. They get three players banned. They get their manager banned. But they can't be seen to be letting Celtic away with it. They're not letting Celtic away from him because they've never done anything wrong. Nobody done anything wrong at Celtic, but they have to be seen to evening it out. It's utterly pathetic. And Stephen just said he's astonished at it. And to be honest, I'm not astonished at it. Well, yeah, right. It's we know what they're like. We yeah, know what it's, like. it's it's the pettiness at the heart of Scottish football writ large with, with this, and they just can't seem to let it go. But you know. At least Rangers as a club, you know, they're they're rising above it. They, they you know, they they don't yeah. concern themselves with such things. Um, no one likes them. They don't care. No, oh, uh, no I'm not buying that anymore. They they had the Player of the Year dinner. Sounds like a good bash. Oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sash bash. <laughs> <laughs> they had the Player of the Year dinner this week, Stephen. Goal of the season for Rangers. Now, goal of the season is typically the most spectacular, most brilliant goal you've seen all season. Who or what do you think got that? Morelos has got a fair amount, so... Let me just stop you there, because you're way down the wrong path. (laughs) It was the 12-yard sclaff by Ryan Jack, deflected off Scott Brown, that went at the back of the net at Ibrox against Celtic. Right, so something of a a sort of lifetime achievement award rather than (laughs) a goal of the season. (laughs) Right, okay. You just give that to Ryan Jack, because obviously that is the highlight of the season, with with one Glasgow derby left to play. I've seen a nice photo of Andy Hardy, McGregor, Ryan Jack. A nice photo? One other. And uh, there was some sort of ranger saying, come up my feed because somebody liked it. Just said, what a staunch table. That's all they care <laughs> yeah, about. That is it? all they care about. Four shite footballers. One of them, I didn't even know who it was. And uh, all they care about is the fact that they're staunch. Not that they're crap at football. Did staunch. I tell you guys recently about the, the time I was in 
Glasgow City Centre having a few drinks. Madness in here, Emilio having a few drinks. <laughs> but, um, and some guy was in, I won't name the pub, but it was some guy was in pretending to be Andy Halliday. What? Genuinely, what? Like, it, one of his pals went like to me, here's Andy Halliday, and I, I thought, right, what a hilarious gag. He, he looks a little bit like him. I was acting a laugh, but they were serious. They were All his pals were in on him pretending to be Andy Halliday. Why are you not naming the pub? <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if there's one difference between Celtic and Rangers post-Glasgow derby is that Rangers have sort of kicked on a wee bit and picked the performances up, whereas Celtic have kind of just slugged along a wee bit um, <laughs> with two... I suppose the St Mirren performance wasn't as bad as a Livingston one, but it no. wasn't really sparkling, Melly. It was not. A lot of changes in the lineup, but didn't seem to really kick us into action at all. Again, watching the game, you're just like, what, what am I watching? What am I doing here? <laughs> Um, Stephen Melly mentioned the lineup. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've got to admit, before the game, there was one name on the leaked lineup <laughs> that really, really, I thought well, that's that's a bit left field. That's interesting. <laughs> we talk about this fairly frequently on here now because there are leaked lineups all the time. And when it came out before the Rangers game that Johnny Hayes was starting, I thought, oh come on, that surely not. That's that's a bit out there. But but the one for the St Mirren game was <laughs> even wilder than that. It featured the name of one Marvin Comper. Now. Everyone bought it though. Everyone believed yeah, it. I wanted it. Yeah. And thinking back, there's no way he hasn't been so much as on the bench for about seven months. Never mind about to start a game. So longer than that, probably. Uh, it's probably. Yeah, it may be. But it was. I was disappointed because I thought, ah, that's that would be hilarious if we just start to sort of roll over the line when it comes to the championship with guys like Marvin Copper <laughs> and the team. I think we all know he's not very good. But I hmm. want I want it to be definite. I want to see <laughs> yeah. it again. Eighty minutes against Grant Martin is just not enough for me. What did you What did you make of the lineup, Stephen? It was Ben Lustig, Simonovic, Ayer, Azagiri, Brown, Cham, Forrest, McGregor, Weir, and Burke. Not too many surprises. Weir, I suppose. I don't think he had previously started a game under Neil Lennon. This was his first start, and really his his first involvement for a while hmm. with Weir. Other than that, I thought it was fairly. Fairly predictable, fairly solid to be to be honest. I had to look at um, St Mirren's lineup though that had that featured some big names, two two names in there of two of the best defenders in recent years. <coughs> Only the names right enough because it was <laughs> Ferdinand and Popescu, not the not the real ones. I think the changes were necessary after that game, a big derby. You're going to need changes. A lot of players looked on their last legs. Really hoped fresh. Fresh legs coming in would kick his on. Looked again a strong bench, but just didn't get the performance again. I, I was I was very surprised to see Isagiri, um yeah. purely because I'd completely forgotten that he'd signed for Celtic. Well, there is that. That was a surprise. He and Jozo turned up for the first time since the Valencia games. Mm. Now, I fully expected Isagiri never to play for Celtic again after his performance at home to Valencia, but it's it's needs must. I'm afraid with Johnny Hayes having picked up an, an injury against Rangers, but the left back situation as a whole has to be fixed this yeah. summer. It's getting it's desperation stakes. We talked a little bit about this in the the Friday night phone in. It's not good enough to just be throwing anybody in there anymore. You look at all the big successful dominant teams around Europe, and you can name their their fullbacks. Like mm. Their fullbacks are major parts of of the way these teams play. Man City, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Barcelona. Look, they've all got. I won't run through the list, but they've all got top class fullbacks. Now, I'm not asking for Celtic to have world class fullbacks, but the positions need to be stronger than they are. 
because at various points, even under Brendan Rodgers, we were just flinging anyone in there. It would be Jack Hendry, Ayer at right back. Now we've got Izagiri, 2010's Emilio Izagiri getting thrown in there. And oh God love him, but he's, he's not good enough. He's and he was poor against St Mirren as well. Although he, he got a couple of decent crosses and he was involved in the penalty for one. But it's it's not good enough. We need someone to not only challenge Kieran Tierney, but to help him out. We need yeah. somebody that's going to come in and play 25, 28 games a season next year. Someone who's going to be able to take on the mantle that isn't just a huge drop-off. Now, easier said than done, I know, but they are out there. Emilio Zagiri is someone who came on and realistically, he wouldn't get in the Aberdeen team. Like, no. like Hibs or Aberdeen wouldn't sign a guy like Zagiri. Aberdeen have got that max low. These yeah. players are out there. They're, they're handy players, but it's it's got to change. Between right-back and left-back, we've got about seven full-backs. Mm, yeah. And... Coming the summer, Tierney, he maybe keep Ralston as well, but yeah. apart from that, they could all go. That's not good enough for no. a club the size of Celtic. Absolutely not good enough. Another guy who started his first game in three was Ollie Burke. Mm. Um, what did you make of his performance, Melly? Oh, between that and. You can always tell what Melly's going to say when he drives he his teeth. Just, Aye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's making us look a bit stupid, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, decent start to his career at Celtic, but boy, oh boy, he doesn't look like a footballer anymore. He's got, <laughs> I said it on Friday. Steve is nodding. He's got all the attributes of an athlete, but not many of a footballer. He's just, he's looking terrible the more games that go on. Come on to Livingston later, but he had a shot, played inside. It's a decent chance, and the finish is just technically all wrong completely screws it yeah. wide with the wrong part of his foot it was a shocker like his haircut <laughs> Oliver Burke he's you get guys on this podcast we're continually made to look like idiots because we're yeah. we're so I know because because we're almost unfailingly positive about almost every signing that comes in and Oliver Burke for the first three or four games we were absolutely gushing about him saying oh just break the bank nine million get him and he's tailor made for Scottish football but he has fallen off big time and there's obviously a reason he's mainly fallen out of the team under Lennon. He's, I'd love to believe it's just a drop in form, but it's a its a big one, if yeah. it is. It sort of explains his career somewhat today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you're looking at Ollie Burke and, I mean, a team like West Brom with at least aspirations to be in the Premier League, maybe the Championships next season, but they want to be in and around the Premier League next season. He is not a, He's not an English Premier League player. No, no, not at the standard of the performance he's producing for Celtic. You'd want, you know, you'd want him to be head and shoulders above. You want him to look like Craig Bellamy did when he came on loan here. Or you know, Scott Sinclair, for or season, Scott Sinclair. Like for, you want him to be head and shoulders above, and he's. I mean, he's at the point now where he's not producing performances of a consistency, even to get him in the Celtic team. I don't know where his career goes from here. Look, he might pick up from the remaining games of the season, but I don't really see it to be honest. And I still. I still don't know where he plays. Mm. Yes, mm. he's he's quick, maybe out wide, but he can't dribble. His first touch is terrible, and when he does dribble, he dribbles out of the park. So <laughs> I don't. I think ironically enough, though, he is he is the mould. He's the the sort of specific. Oh, he's the mould. He's the <laughs> He's the specification of the sort of player Celtic would normally go and sign. Yeah. yeah. Had we not got him on loan, he sort of lost his way a wee bit. Still young. Decent pedigree. That's the sort of guy in the summer that we would probably fancy to go and sign. Well, that's a continuation of the comparisons with Scott Sinclair because he's he fits that bill as yeah. well. Someone who'd kind of fallen away a wee bit and look to rebuild his career with Celtic. Oliver Burke, it's not all is not lost with him. He could turn this around, but 
they they dip in for me, so as as pretty precipitous to say the least. Does that uh, does that get the dictionary? <laughs> does that does that does that come in uh, coincide with Brendan Rodgers leaving? Because him and Brendan Rodgers seem to have a good relationship together. Yeah, and Brendan Rodgers was the first manager probably ever to play him through the middle, where he was quite effective in his first month or so in mm. the season. It could be, but but he, by his own words, he said he didn't really care that Brendan Rodgers had yeah. gone. He, he was here to play for Celtic. It didn't really matter. So you can only take him at his word and not, we can't blame Neil Lennon for that. Timo Weir, labelled a flop, Melly, on this podcast. <laughs> um, put Paid to that with a goal. Yep. Uh, Lustig I don't know what he's doing up there but mm. he's in the box gets a shot probably should do better but mm. the ball breaks way up with the header goes over the line and then Ollie Buck with a spectacular miss blazed right. it over from yards out impressive only his second worst miss of this episode <laughs> more to come yeah uh, we are good to see him get a goal uh, he says a wee enthusiastic guy he looked like he loved it yeah, I thought it was, I didn't think it was in first off, but mm. when you see the real plays, fair enough. We we're probably playing well enough to get the opening goal because Aya had a great chance when he got put through. Yeah, and yeah. again, when is he going to score so we can talk about it, man? I just don't think he's. I mean, I have said for a while I've I've had that Ayers back as a quality quality <laughs> player, and I think a goal would really cap off a great season for him, Stephen. Absolutely, he must be he must be Ayer in with a shout for for young player of the year this year, surely. Yeah, he's only really up against maybe Edward yep. in that yeah. regards. Both of them have had periods out of the team, so. 50-50 between the two. Maybe Edward will get it because of his goals. If he gets another three or four goals towards the end of the season, I reckon he'll probably get it. Although, and having said that, Dembele was completely overlooked for the same award. Yeah. Where's goal though? It, did, it does look over the line, but it's one of those things where they showed it on sports scene and it maybe looked as if the shadow of the very edge of the ball had hit the line. The thing is, with Scottish football, we don't have enough cameras or angles, so mm-hmm. it's really a best guess. Yep. And my guess is as good as the refs on this one, and it's it, it does look as if it might be over the line. Celtic had a, we had an opportunity to double our lead. Yes. There was a penalty and Cham. Cham the penalty taker now? Yeah, he's, t- he's had a few and scored a few, but he's missed, a, missed his last two, has he? He missed one against Salzburg as well, yeah. But it just seems to be if you sick a ball in a stationary position in front of a Celtic player, <laughs> they go to absolute yeah. mush. <laughs> <laughs> just what you just, you just adding penalties onto the list of set pieces yeah. that we're not very good at. Those run-ups do my head in, see those wee stutter-step run-ups, because some of them is a bit of a kind of psychological warfare right you're mm. trying to put the keeper off but uh, some of them look as if they've just second guessed themselves in the run up and that's exactly what Incham looked like played himself yeah basically <laughs> played himself the, the penalty incident itself yeah it was a cross from Izagiri that the keeper just sort of palmed up in the air and the, the defender brings it down fully on his arm he sticks his arm above his head and brings it down on his bicep but Chris Sutton bizarrely in the commentary claimed that that's not a penalty because he tried to head it mm. and like, See the professional footballer, yeah, and he, he doesn't know where he is. On he doesn't the know the difference between his head and arm. Yeah, it, there's it, nobody about him either. Yeah, it, we need to remove the word deliberate from penalty rulings because see, if you gain such a clear sporting advantage from handballing it in the yeah. box, fully controlling it on your arm, it didn't didn't come off his chest on his arm, off his head. It was a full handball, and people still get to say. Well, it wasn't deliberate. Can I just, I'm just going to phone the University of Glasgow Biomechanics <laughs> Division and just check what they are saying about this. Um, okay, so we guarantee, we, we agree that the, the it was a penalty shout. He yes, should have been cited for that. Another instance shortly after, Scott Brown alleged to have stamped on a St Mirren player. Let me tell you right now, absolutely nothing in it for me. I don't think he had much control of... 
of where his foot was going no, to go there. I, I watched the back. I thought at the time, I thought that's a little bit cheeky. Um, it was reminiscent of the Morelos thing on Ralston, I think it was mm, yeah. it, uh, previously, um, where he hasn't stamped. He's just he's simply taken a step and maybe could have put his foot somewhere else, basically. I thought if, on first glance it was a wee bit cheeky from Brown. But see, when you actually watch it back, and especially the angle from behind Scott Brown, the defender who's on the ground, or the Samaritan player who's on the ground, puts his arm up, and Scott Brown goes to step over it and has to put his foot back down again. So that's why he stands on him. Now, could he have just tried to get his foot somewhere else? But he was falling down anyway. Mm. So I don't, I don't think it was fully deliberate. And I'm not just doing that. That you know, I'm not just being biased. I would have said had Scott Brown done something naughty. Oh, we know you would have. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones, Billy, where when you slow it down or you just take the still frame yeah. it looks a lot worse than it is but when you watch it first time at full pelt and the heat at the moment you're like well there's not much you could do you know I saw a lot of people try to grass him into the compliance officer <laughs> a, a lot of freeze frames should Scott Brown be cited for this it, but one thing that sort of bugs me is the press in this country they, they're always just trying to whip up crap like that and it's, 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 it's never ending and that was just another example of it in my view on that subject, did you see the there was a picture doing the rounds of remember obviously Morelos famously elbowed him and get sent off at Celtic Park a, yeah. a week or so ago. Someone had taken a still of that, and all they had done was stop it before his elbow touches his face, and <laughs> and just said, "Well, look, here's the the elbow supposedly hitting his face. Well, <laughs> all you need to do is let that go on <laughs> another quarter on. of a second. It was a. It's funny because Stephen Gerrard actually said that the Ryan Kent thing was similar. That Ryan Kent didn't punch or slap Scott Brown he tried to push him away and all the pictures that everyone saw was just a, a freeze frame uh, Stephen Gerrard's losing the plot yes, yeah, fully completely. now I don't know if you can remember what I say in this podcast I do say an awful lot um, it was about two months ago that I just said you know we've all seen films where there's a roller coaster or a train going on in the track and then one wee bolt just starts to <laughs> sugar loose do you remember that analogy yeah. um, Stephen Gerrard is losing the plot isn't he I mean just a wee sidebar here I was tickled this week when he said that his formation keeps getting leaked so right, yeah. do you know what he's going to do to stop that build a big wall around Murray Park <laughs> see I've, I've passed Murray Park on a number of occasions it's, it's not far from where I live mm. it does have a fence yeah, it does. Famously does have a huge fence with huge gates and a security booth right at the... Where is this fence going to go? The thing is, I don't think his team is getting leaked by a wee guy peering through the fence. No. I think there's maybe somebody closer to home leaking his team. Or it could be that his team's the same pretty much every week. Yeah. It's Morelos up front and interchangeable Scottish Huns yeah. in midfield. Maybe it, he wants a higher fence because those lines jump over. <laughs> <laughs> um, St Mirren, they had an incident of their own. Yeah, we... Elbow on Ayer off the ball. Mm. You buying that one? Another one which could have gone either way. I saw Michael Stewart make the case on Sports Scene that it looks as if Nazon has tried to just pull his arm away and he's caught Ayer with his elbow on the way up. Again, it's it's one of those, is it deliberate things? That realistically, we'll never know, mm. which is why I want the word deliberate removed from any ruling because it, it involves literal mind reading. Uh, it would, again, it was a wee bit cheeky. It looked exactly the same as the Morelos thing, really. It's whether you're willing to believe that he was trying to shake him off, because Morelos could have said the same thing at Celtic Park. I don't really buy it. Taylor Swift, Melly, shake it off. Do you think that's what was happening? <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't, it, was, it wasn't the same as Morelos. For me, Morelos, was, he knew what he was doing. I'd say, this guy, if a Celtic player went for that, I, I wouldn't be calling for the red card. So I don't know. It wasn't too bad, to be honest. Ryan Christie. 
back after five games scores. Are we counting this in the late goal? That seems to be the theme. Lennon's late goals. Are we yeah, count well, this was it as 80, a late goal? 85th or 86th yeah, yeah. minute, yeah. Ryan Christie, how do you think he performed Melly when he came back? He makes a difference because mm. he's doing those driving runs from midfield. I was glad he came on because it woke me up because the game <laughs> was getting very, very dreadful once again. That's the thing, yeah, we'd be remiss of us not to mention the performance itself. It, it wasn't very good. And it was another one of these ones, it seems to be a pattern now with Neil Lennon and that the first half is actually not bad and yeah. then the second half just falls off. I don't know what's happening at half time mm. with these team talks because they are dropping off significantly when it comes to the second half and getting that second goal was, was a bit of a relief. I can't remember St Mirren having many chances. There was one... It went through Nazo. Yeah, that, that's right. And Scott, Scott Bain made a couple of decent saves in the game. So it was good to get that second one right. It's good to have Ryan Christie back because a few weeks ago on here we were bemoaning the lack of midfield options yeah. and now we've suddenly got Rogic, Christie and Enchamp. Yeah, basically everyone's back with the exception of Kouassi. Oh, <laughs> I know. Um, if you were asleep at the goal, Melly, the banger would have woke me up. Oh, <laughs> certainly woke up the St Mirren keeper, woke up Ryan Christie, woke up everyone. Um, what are you doing? That's I what know. I know. What you, this is not what anyone wants. Uh, it's certainly not what anyone that goes to football wants it's certainly not what the Green Brigade want no. because they issued a very good statement yeah distancing themselves from it yeah good uh, the Green Brigade statement was great you know the pot- potted version of it is basically we are trying to introduce safe pyro to the game and by doing things like this you're really hindering our efforts to improve the, yeah. the match the experience you're doing it with the bangers you're doing it with the wrong types of pyro you're doing it by running onto the pitch but th- there seems to be it seems to be week on week now that there's there's some sort of incident here and that was just, it's just stupidity. Just nothing on the pitch. Just don't do uh-huh. anything to the pitch whatsoever because it's the single worst thing you can do. It's the most visible thing you can uh-huh. do. All you need is the pitch, that, that coconut at the weekend as well. <laughs> now, as much as that's a hilarious item, it's still, it's still, don't throw it in the pitch. Uh-huh. Don't throw things at players anything because all it takes is the picture and then all yep. of a sudden it's Scotland in crisis yet again. There were players, or there was guys throwing things at Tavernier at the weekend as well, threw a lighter at him right in front of the ref and it's just, it's getting ridiculous so could we just please agree to stop interfering with the pitch you, in, in any way, shape here's, or form? Here's what to do, right? Here's what to do. Just stop being a dick at the football. <laughs> yes. That that should be the name of the campaign. Yeah. Stop being a dick at the football. That's that's how you do it. Um, but as far as the, 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 there's big differences between flares and throwing a banger on the pitch because flares, as Melly, you've said that they aesthetically, they look yeah, good. They, they look great. And I they, love them. I think they uh, yeah, look brilliant. Yeah, exactly, and it can be done in a safe manner, but not basically explosives at the I, game. No, <laughs> and it, it, like you say, it's needless. It's only a matter of time, and not even before someone gets hurt. Someone doesn't need to get badly hurt, but it is only a matter of time before Celtic are 1-0 up, 2-0 up in a game, and a referee, somebody does something stupid and the referee just cans a game. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? not far away from it. Yeah. And, and the referees are just itching to do that sort yeah. of thing. Um, if that was any closer to the St Mirren keeper, he could have been injured or claimed injury, and, and that would have been enough to get a game stopped. Yeah, and that's not an excuse. It's not because it didn't hit the keeper, you don't get to say, well, it's fine. Yeah. Because it is just... Even if it didn't injure anyone, which it didn't at the time, the players looked shaken after it. It's just a bad look overall. Aye. It's just a bad thing to happen at the football. It gives everyone an excuse to yet again wring their hands about the state of Scottish football. And it's just, it's unhelpful. It doesn't add anything to the game no. either. No. Flares look good. These bangers, if Celtic score, the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, God, I need to get in my pocket and fling this thing. that will make noise. <laughs> it doesn't add anything to the game. Um, who was your man of the match for that drab performance? 
Okay, yeah. Stephen. <laughs> good, good noises, Melly. Um, <laughs> Callum McGregor for me, I thought he was excellent. I thought no, he was. Callum yeah, McGregor was good. Okay, yeah, yeah but I thought he's he looked back to his best. Which, well, I say back to his best, but I think he's been performing at a pretty convincing, mm. consistent level all season. I think he is my one and only choice for Player of the Year. I've been saying it for a while now. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Maybe slightly quiet in terms of goals this season, but he's been playing a slightly Deeper. different role. Yeah. So he's been played a season. I thought he was excellent again against St Mirren. Very few bright spots, but he was definitely one of them. So that was St Mirren. Yep. Pretty drab performance. Three yeah, p- who'd have thought that would have been the best performance we've seen? <laughs> Three points nonetheless. Celtic nil, Livingston nil, um, Celtic Park. You said something off pod, Stephen. Um, How it, dare you? I know, <laughs> I know. These sorts of games, you'd, you'd be thinking that I'm not getting dragged in at the Lennon for the Celtic manager job chat. We're not having that this week, right? Yeah. But but you're looking at these games, you're going, a couple of 4 nils, a couple of 5 nils, rattle the goals yes, in against this right. sort of team, really put a marker down. Yeah, especially St Mirren are, are, can be a tricky away fixture. If they're, they're kind of fighting for their, their lives. But Livingston at home, that's an ideal opportunity to just rack up a 5-0. And I'm not saying that's easy. No, that's easier said than done. You don't just go and beat teams 5-0 willy-nilly. But... It's a perfect opportunity if you're going to beat someone, if you're going to make a big statement, that's your chance. If you want our attention, Neil Lennon, that's yeah. that's your chance to do it. Well, he tried to get your attention with the lineup. Oh, boy, <laughs> did he. Boy, um, did he. A back three, which I thought was interesting. I also thought it was very interesting to see Kieran Tierney at left wing back, hmm. given that everyone and their granny seems to be thinking that the thing Kieran Tierney needs is less work to do. Well, yeah. And not more work hmm. to do. Um, Melly, what did you make of the back three as a choice? Yeah. Uh, Three big guys going back to the old Emmy um, Albe, Valharan and Bobo. But uh, when we're going to play Livingston, they play a back three usually and they play Dolly Meng up front. So it's usually a 3 6 1 or a 5 yeah. uh, 4 1. But looking at it, I've, I just, when the game started, just to see how it lined up, because me and Stephen tried to decipher it in the car before yeah. doing the, at the matching. And we're trying to work out where teams at the matching. At the matching. What a great salesman there for the, for the <laughs> yeah. Patreon content. Just see me at the match. Yeah. <laughs> but we try, try to figure it out. And uh, if you're going to play free, free at the back, I'm happy with that. But I think if you're playing against Livingston, who play free at the back also, you need to have two up front yeah. to mm, keep yeah. them occupied. And we just didn't do that. And also the free at the back, we had three free pairs all did okay but they're up against Dolomenga one guy which leaves two of them spare which is two one of them could have been moving forward into midfield against a free free at the back I think you always need to go three up front or two up front and we just didn't do that and from the start it just didn't get going we didn't get wide enough and in midfield Brown sat with McGregor and Christie in front of him then Rogic in front of that and it was trying to get into the a diamond or a box and it was just so congested because Edward dropped in as well and with nobody up front trying to pull that defence. Uh, Weir didn't make the, the game, Stephen. No. And some interesting comments from Neil Lennon regarding we- uh, Weir. Yeah, he, he, well, I was going to say alluded to but he basically, he said... Called him out. Uh, he basically called him out, said he's not the greatest of trainers, he's been happy with him um, but he's, he doesn't train very well which is odd. I, I didn't expect to hear that about him because of what he, he portrays, yeah. he sort of projects this image um, I, d- I didn't really expect him to be a poor trainer now, that could mean a few different things whether he's yeah. just crap in training or whether he doesn't try um, it's 
It's just, not something... Maybe just, I'd hate to think he was just all Instagrammy. Aye, well, but, but, yeah. but people people who are Instagrammy tend to only be Instagrammy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's a, but he's a teenager, though. He should be He should be the best at training. I don't really know why he's he's, he's quite so poor. Now, there might be a, a little look into why he hasn't played quite as much as mm. we expected him to when he came in. This is the sick manager that's not playing him, so there is something behind it. But in what Lennon said, he compared him to Didier Gatt. Now, mm. I've heard before that Didier Gatt was awful in training, not uh, through lack of effort, just touch yeah. awareness, just terrible. But when he got out there on a Saturday, he dispensed the bigger pitch. He was much better. So if I can compare them to a Gatt, I don't think it's a lack of effort. Just And again, we're aware. I still don't know what position he plays, so right. maybe that's something that he finds difficult, pinning him down in that position. Well, to go back to the St Mirren game, he played on the left, and that, I think that's the first time he started on the left, yeah. having previously played on the right against Hibs and through the middle against Hamilton Ackies and maybe, maybe someone else. I think that's only four starts he's made. So, yeah, he is a wee bit all over the place. It doesn't really look... It's not obvious what his real strongest position is. Now, on on the back three, you mentioned that's the that's the first time those three players have been on the same pitch since the defeat to Hibs at Easter Road at the tail end of last year. So it's a, a bold move to put them all back together. I just I don't understand why they played it, though, because, as you said, Melly, all they've got is Dolly Menga up front. There was a point in that game where Dolly Menga was there furthest. <laughs> Sorry, but Dolly Menga is a funny name. It's a better name, <laughs> the Menga bus. Uh, but there was a point where he was Livingston's furthest forward player but at that, he was only 35 yards from Livingston's goal. So we've got the back three just hanging about, just doing nothing, really. Yep. And I think we had about 75% possession yeah, in that game. Add Scott Brown to that, who's sitting deep the entire time. You've basically got a back four against zero. It's a different case at Easter Road because you're up against your Camberry, Horgan, Marlon, guys like that mm. who've got a lot of attacking intent and skill. Livingston don't have any of that. So I thought it was, I thought it was overkill to be at home against a team like that. But when you look at the stats, we had 18 on goal, 11 on target, masses of possession, 70-odd percent of possession. Yeah. So does that not tell you, Melly, that maybe Lennon's tactics were correct in a sense? Uh, no. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, if, we, if we had got the goal, if we had got the goal in the first half, first half was okay, actually. It was yeah. pretty decent. There were a few good chances. Rogic had a good chance. Edward had a good chance. He should have... Forrest had a good... Their keeper was really good in it fairness was. to them, yeah. In the first half, uh, if you watch the highlights reel, you'll probably see, oh, Celtic should have won that. But being at the game, it was completely different. It was terrible mm. watching. Now, their back three only had Edward to deal with and out wide the wing-backs. I think they changed from a four to a five, but their wing-backs had Forrest and Tierney to deal with. Now, both are good players, but they can't really do much when they've got two on one most of the time. Yeah. And we had three centre-halves sitting there and nobody overlapping. It was just all so predictable. And then when it, if they've got drop into the back five, they just kill off the space. Edward's dropping off because he's not involved, because there's no supply to him. Rogic, Christie, McGregor, they're all just condensing in that middle mm. part. And there's just... There's no width, there's nobody overlapping, there's no chances being created. It's just an absolute shit show, to be honest. <laughs> because of Forrest's lack of support on that side, you know, he's been playing basically without it all season because when Lustig does play well, it's not really in a getting forward sense. As much yeah. as he does get forward, he's not, not anymore the player who's going to get beyond James Forrest. So when James Forrest doesn't have anything overlapping, he doesn't have anything to play off, he cuts well, well inside. Yeah. There was a couple of times against Livingston where he took the ball from the wide right, dribbled all the way across their back five and ended up in the wide left with no one no one supporting him. So it was 
it was a strange game. You can certainly look at the chances Celtic created and say, well, they should have they should have yeah, scored them and should have won. But like, but again, that is, there was a lot of strange things going on in that game, not least the fact that Jozo ended up up front for about the last 30 <laughs> seconds of the game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I think on Melly at the match, I likened it to his um, Stuart Pearce at Man City <laughs> moment where he stuck David James up front <laughs> when he had a strike on the bench. You... Um, you said you spoke through everyone's chances. There's a lot of good chances they are, you know, but you never mentioned the one. <laughs> you never mentioned the uh, Burke's chance. Yes. It's it's criminal, absolutely criminal. Again, but I thought we took too long to get Burke on. Lennon, he can he can't say now. That was the easiest game we've got left of the season. Livingston at home, a team who can't get relegated, can't get in the top six, don't have anything to play for. I don't think they're particularly a good team. They just go out and defend. They, it's not as if you spoke about it, Stephen, at least to the 0 0 draw by Aberdeen. Yeah. Aberdeen yeah, are a good team. They set up well. They are difficult to break down. Livingston are dreadful away from home. Mm. Absolutely dreadful. And they didn't do anything spectacular. And we had no idea how to break them down. And this is the second 0 0 in a row with Celtic. And it's becoming a bit of a theme now. The substitute, Lennon. He can he can't say he's not changing anything because it's been a long time since we played a back three. We've never played a back three that can't really change to a back four because he didn't have Lustig in there. No. So usually we'd have Lustig in there. He can easily be switched. He stuck with the formation an awful long time. Even first substitute was Johnny Hayes. Look, Johnny Hayes done okay when yeah, he came yeah, on. Fine, yeah. Got a few good balls in, but he's not going to change anything to the structure of the team. He took too long to put on Burke. And when he did come on again, that miss is dreadful. We did have a couple of chances, but in the end, you couldn't begrudge Livingston the 0-0. Hayes coming on, I thought, might have signalled a change of shape, but it yeah. didn't, because all, all that happened Tierney. was Tierney went back to the left centre half. For, uh, maybe a nod to what you'd said earlier, Jamie, about how he, he's just been given too much work to do, but I don't think sticking him at centre half is getting the best out of Kieran Tierney. The, Johnny Hayes... Johnny Hayes was fine. Again, yeah, I, I, keep, I find myself saying it all the time. We put in a Johnny Hayes performance, but he's good at getting forward and getting those crosses in. It's just a shame that Celtic have nothing on the end of them. Celtic don't have that type of player that's going to make the best use of deep or sharp crosses. Edward is a good player. I love him. He's going to be the, yeah. be, the best striker, but he has to be a striker because mm. if he's dropping into Rogic areas and Christ areas, there's nobody up there and there's a lot of balls going across the box that a poacher, a striker's instinct will just slot away and it has to be done. I'm looking at Lennon now, that's two nil nils in two home games. We've got nine goals in seven games. That's not good enough. The Burke missed though. We oh. went, went to start to talk about it there and get sidetracked, but goodness me. I remember being at the game. I remember my reaction because I stood up it's on, I, it's on there. It's on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can hear me, you can hear me talking about it on <laughs> earlier the match, actually, because I got my phone out. Just, I'm giving people a peek behind the curtain there. Uh, it gets recorded. Um, I, I, st- I stood up and said, Oh, I can't believe that. As he just dribbled that past the post. But I just stood there, totally frozen, like, not unable, <laughs> like, unsure how to react to it. I wasn't aware at the time just how bad a miss it was, but it just it looked ridiculous from our angle. But seeing it back, it's even worse. I don't know what he was doing. He was bailed out massively by the fact that, did you see Chupo Moting's yes, miss for PSG yes. the same night? So it wasn't even the worst miss of the day, but uh, it was Burke's second woeful miss of the week and even more extraordinary than the first. So uh, Celtic have to wait for the title. When can we wrap this up, Millie? Uh, Hibs away 
on Easter Sunday. That should be lovely. We should have won that game yesterday. The Bears won on Sunday. They play Hearts away on the Saturday after in two weeks. So if they drop points there, and I think if we win, we can win it on Easter Sunday. But even regardless of that, if we don't win on Saturday, we should be having a wee Easter Sunday party. Going away to Hibs, tough game, but we should be going there to win a title, and we're not. Uh, as we record this, on this day, sort of, rewind seven years. Neil Lennon, did, seven years. Uh, Neil oh. Lennon didn't have to wait to win his title as it was. We, this, we were at this game, weren't yes, we, Melly? Yes, we were. It was a lovely day out. Celtic 6, Kilmarnock 0 on a, on that most terrific of seasons. Terrific um, strip. It's empty here, weren't it? It's <laughs> uh, your boy there. Yeah, your yeah, boy yes, sporting I am, it. I'm wearing that. Uh, Lubin's in of, the back? Yeah, it's a sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Lubin's in the back of it? No, I do not. Um, it's a sort of bumblebee tribute, I suppose you Aye, would say. a yellow and black sort of stripey thing. Um, that was the season Rangers went into administration and eventually yes. died, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They were how many points ahead? 15, I think it was. They were 15 points ahead. The tape was in the bag, according, according to, to Yelovich, Nikita Yelovich. Celtic went to Rugby Park and Charlie McGrew put in the performance that made me fall in love with the man <laughs> for the rest of his life. Um, what was he doing? What? Was it three, go- three assists and a goal? Something like that, aye. Two goals and a assist. Two goals and an assist. Half, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, Stephen likes to play a game with us. I'm going to turn the tables. Oh. <gasps> I'm going to play the game with you. I'm going to, we're going to have a sudden death shootout here. Oh, man. You know the rules. I'm on the hot spot now. Yeah, we toss the coin. Melly says how many players from this starting lineup, and he can name Stephen. How many players from the starting lineup you can name? So here we go, tossing the coin, heads or tails, call it. Heads. It is tails. Oh. Stephen. I'll go five. You can name five from the starting 11. Yeah. Sensational stuff. <laughs> Melly, how many can you name? Are you going to tell Stephen, go for your five, or are you going to try for six? Ah, bugger it, I'll go for six. Wow. Any six. Advance? Here we go. Any advance, Stephen? No, I'll I'll seed that one. Okay, Melly, go for six. Chuckles. Mulgrew. Hooper. Correct. Commons. Correct. Ledley. Correct. Livens, did I say that one? Correct. And Foster. Correct. Oh, I was going to go Key as well. Key took the Key corner, took corner that uh, Mulgrew scored the first goal from. Probably the last time we scored from a corner, actually. <laughs> seven uh, years you ago. could have had also Matthews. Adam Matthews, of course. Kelvin Wilson mm. or Scott Brown or Samaras, obviously. Substitutes that day. Zaluska, Chaduri, Blackman, Twardzik. <laughs> Ibrahim, was that Rabbi Ibrahim? Anthony Stokes and Powell Brozek. Well, he'd a wow. lovely wee back heel flick to put That's through right. Ledley. Uh, we had a great day that day. We that got back it. to Central Station, a few shandies, and uh, there was a big huddle in Central That's Station. That's right, so there was. Well, that, that was the same season that Celtic were 3-0 down at the same stadium yeah, then. Come on uh, yeah, of course, and then went on to miraculously win the, the league despite the fact that haha Nikita Jelovic had said that the title was in the bag was Celtic's first league win since 2007-2008 that yeah. season Neil Lennon's first league win as a manager I've been thinking about this a lot because I've seen that this morning uh, today so that was Lennon's first win as a manager the previous season we blew that league title losing out to Walter Smith but then it got me thinking about Lennon's whole tenure at Celtic before now Lennon I love the guy. He's helped out Celtic massively here. The only guy we probably could have got in. But going forward, I was looking at his record and if you take that season where we beat Barcelona, Mm. take the European out of that, first season, he loses to a poor Rangers team. 
we should have won mm. that league if it wasn't for that Inverness game. We had a lot of stupid draws that season. I think we drew three whole matches in a row in December. Criminal to lose that league. But you'll forgive him first season in management. But the following season to win the league after going far down, credit for that. But it's against Ali McCoist. Mm. And we know how terrible a manager he is because he's not had a job since. Going on from that, Rangers aren't in the league. There's no challenge for the rest of the seasons. In Europe, they get absolutely buggered. I'll use that <laughs> word again. Time and time again, up to that uh, one where we got through and we beat Barcelona. That was a great campaign. I'm not going to take that away from them, but I'm just... Sounds quest- like you are, Melly. <laughs> I'm, I'm questioning everything because these these seven games we've had, there's not been a good, good performance in there. We've got wins, we've got late wins, but Livingston and Saturday, it just absolutely petrifies me for getting this cup cup semi-final next week and going forward because I've spoke well I've had to speak to a couple of Rangers fans and they have the three I've spoke the three I've spoke to all want Neil Lennon the Celtic manager um, I, we're not we are look I'm, I'm being the referee here we're not getting into that Neil Lennon should he get the Celtic manager debate even though he shouldn't um, <laughs> Aberdeen is next up cup semi-final at Hamden so adeptly teed up there do you like that really, yeah. um, worried just said I'm petrified. Oh yeah, Isn't you worried, Stephen? Um, I mean, law of averages. I mean, Aberdeen have surely got to win one of these games at Hamden. A little bit because the team is a, a wee bit, a wee bit all over the place at the moment. The, the performances just aren't there. And Celtic have been getting wins. There's no doubt about it. Apart from Livingston and Aberdeen, they've been getting the games just about over the line when it comes to the old late winners and all that. But the team is a wee bit over, all over the place. I've, I was thinking about this earlier, but can anyone think of a more transient squad than Celtics because you get players coming in and then they're not seen again for weeks no. and weeks. You get Nier Beton comes in, plays a few games, then he's completely oh, out completely of the squad. Forgot about that. Ewan Henderson comes in, Scott Sigler, we've got Mikey Johnson. Yes, Mikey Johnson is another one. It just is, it seems to happen an awful lot at Celtic. Well obviously I, my focus is mainly on Celtic, so I couldn't really tell you if, for example, Chelsea or Man City mm. or something are the Man same. United possibly. Yeah, maybe but it just it seems to be an awful lot of the squad just seems to be in a state of flux at all times, so I'll be buggered to borrow a word from Melly uh, earlier if I could name what the team was going to be against Aberdeen. I've got absolutely no idea. I'm pretty, I'm, I mean, I'm a pessimistic soul. Um, I'm, I'm nervous about this game. I'm nervous about every game with Neil Lennon in charge, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, there's just, it seems there's just so much at stake, though. Hmm. Do you know, if, yeah. if if we misses out on this treble treble, uh, what do you what do you think, Melly? Do you think if he misses out the treble treble, do you think it's a big deal, or do you think people will just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, "Well, you know, the treble treble is extra extra special. Not getting it is a is not so bad." Uh, I think I think it will be a big deal. We're used to winning trophies. Rangers are out the cup now. We've got a clear run at the final. Aberdeen, if we beat them, it's going to be a team Hearts or Inverness. I wouldn't be well. I would be worried about most games, but. This is a very winnable, very winnable tie. If it was Brendan Rodgers, would I have this fear? No, and I don't like saying that because the rat deserted us. But we have to face the facts. We haven't played well in a long, well, a long time, a good few weeks now. And if we did lose, it wouldn't be a shock. But Lennon needs this. He needs to win this game to stake any claim for that job. On whether the treble treble not getting that is a big deal. Of course it is because the words treble, treble have become part of the, you know, the lexicon of this season. Mm. That, that, that's been there as well as the, the 10 in a row thing, which has been building for a long time. You don't get to 
not get ten in a row and say, ah, well, nine's still quite good. You know, if if we win, if we win eight trophies out of nine, that, that's still excellent. But mm. it would still be a disappointment because of the the success yeah. that led I up to it. I just feel like our name isn't. We don't have our, our name's not on the cup already. No, of course no. not. No, you know, it's not yeah. on there already, and you lose that, and they scrub it off and put someone else's name on it. You know, that uh, you know. You can lose a semi-final at any time. You yeah. can. And Lennon's done it before. Ronnie Dyler's done it before. This squad hasn't. But And if you're looking at this game individually, taking away treble, treble, should Celtic beat Aberdeen? Yes, they should. But are Celtic playing well? No, they're not. Uh, McInnes will fancy it as oh, well. Yes. because He's they've... got 20 million man up front, Sam Cosgrove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right. using the, the Morelos calculator there. Yeah, well, why, why wouldn't you? Because 20 goals equals yeah, 20, 20 million. million. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's back on the goal trail with a double against Indeed, taking him to the, the magic number of 20 this season, which means he is worth 20 million, as mm-hmm. you say, James. Don't like seeing that, but Dundee bought me the league. Such a shame for Kenneth. Oh, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> well, funnily, we didn't mention that earlier because the last time we played Livingston at Celtic Park was when Kenny Miller was the manager of uh, Livingston yeah. and he subbed himself off. Um, Aberdeen... It's always a tricky game. Now, the games are tight between Celtic and Aberdeen because it's over a year since Celtic beat them by more than one goal. You know, a couple of one nils in the 4-3 game at yep. um, Boxing Day. They are quite tight affairs of late. Aberdeen are an alright team. They should have done better this season, but they're always up for it against Celtic. McInnes is always trying things, and he'll see that Celtic have yep. been not only struggling for form, but struggling to find any kind of cohesive lineups and tactics of late, and he'll he'll be... Pretty confident, I would reckon. Tight, Melee. Yep, McInnes beat Lennon last time in the Cup, didn't he? Faced him in the Cup at Celtic Park as well. Mm. Celtic, I think, yeah, Stokes scored me, went 1-0 up on, then lost 2-1 inexplicably. Uh, so I think we can all get pretty nervous about the, the, the Cup semi-final. Yep. I still think Celtic are going to be favourites, yeah. and I think it's their, with all these things, it's their game to lose, but mm. Neil Lennon has a, a patchy record. At Hamden, I think an it's, Apache record. Yeah, it's an Apache record at Hamden. I, th- I think it's fair to say, but that that doesn't come into it now. That's a long time ago. It's not form. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so a lot's changed since then. So I, I wouldn't level that against them going into this game. But he's got a lot to prove. And as Melly said, if he wants even mentioned for the Celtic job, he's got to win it. I think we need. Uh, I think we need better performances than we've seen in the last two games. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was a report midweek that Dedrick Boyata was off to Hertha Berlin, mm. but that was sort of. Out there, then quickly denied. It's a strange one to appear if there isn't any fire behind that smoke because mm. it's a it's a bit of a, an odd move. I thought he was an absolute stick on to end up at like a Derby County or something yeah, like that. You know, I, or yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think he's good enough to get you know like top half table mm. in the in the English Premier League. I, I thought he was a stick on to go down there though. Fulham have been after him for a long time, but Fulham are probably going well. They're almost yeah. yeah, they're definitely going down. So. Uh, it was a strange one to appear, uh, Hertha Berlin, because I thought his next move would be for big money. You know, mm. at the end, not the end of his career, but it's the last big move of his career. And I don't know if there's a huge amount of money flying around at a club like that. Although He's it well is Celtic, yeah. Right? Although it is in the Bundesliga, yeah. It's a, a decent club of decent stature, a good league, and all that. But I, I've, an odd move if it comes off. One player uh, on the way out is. As we discussed, Dejit Boyata, one player on the way in is definitely Marian Shved. Yeah. Banging them in, second top goalscorer in the Ukrainian league. Twitter um, is alive with the uh, wee Shved highlight packages and everything, yeah. I, I, I'm just not sure, do we need them, winger? We've got a million wingers, Melly. Where's your Shved at? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, there's, a, there's a wee bit of a buzz about him. Yeah, oh, there sure is, yeah. Uh, he's, he's scoring a lot of goals and looks good. Uh, I, 
I think it was one of those ones where when it came about first Brendan Rodgers, you know, pissed on the strawberries a wee bit by, by totally what playing it down. Move. What an absolute dick move. But since then, it's looking to be a good deal. Brendan Rodgers just didn't want anything to do with it because it, well, he, 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 he didn't care, basically. Yeah. I, I believe his words at the time were, it'll be good for the club in future. Yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with himself. And we all know what happened after that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what he's got. Just as just as we're wrapping up this podcast, I just had a wee look at Twitter there and Joe Worrell has been uh, trying to ingratiate himself with the Rangers fans. He, He's a, he's a hard man, by the way, just so you know. Big, tough guy. He, he was on some lassie's Instagram saying, and I'm quoting here, mm-hmm. fuck Celtic. Ooh, Ooh. you're hard, eh? <laughs> eh? Joe Worrell. Here's, here's how much I know about Joe Worrell. I saw an after-match interview with him after the Rangers-Celtic game, Celtic-Rangers game, rather, talking about, you know, we don't fall down after five minutes, fame and injury, we're men. Had no idea who he was. Hmm. Genuinely had no idea who Joe Warrell was. And he will leave this country with nobody knowing who he is. He's terrible, him. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. He's the one that Dropped was... the weekend? Yeah, Edward was... Um, when he was dribbling forward for his goal, he was were running backwards yeah. and forwards in, in a straight line. It was hilarious I've to watch. I've not seen a clown bent yeah. out of shape since the last time I was watching Suck de Soleil. <laughs> That's the last time I saw the legs of that. Um, and on that bombshell we will end I uh, just want to say thank you to you guys uh, who listen and download the podcast and especially to everyone who leaves funny reviews yeah. because uh, the iTunes reviews have started coming in again so you know feel free to leave one please uh, do yeah make them hilarious uh, thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon and enjoys that extra content you can find that over at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims thanks for listening A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.